The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Will you turn with me to the reading of God's Word, which comes from Matthew chapter 4. And the entire sermon is going to look at verses 18 through 22. Before this moment, I would just like to read verse 19. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And I would like to tag this message, take a walk with Jesus. Take a walk with Jesus. So what is a foolproof way to live that guarantees that you won't waste your life? There are so many different goals and pursuits to seek after, so how do we decide what goals and pursuits are worthy of giving our lives to? At every graduation, there is a commitment speaker, and the commitment speaker is giving the task to give a motivational or encouraging speech to the graduating students, right? We all sat through those painful things. Some. And typically, the commitment speech is something that goes like this. You can do it. You're, you're being set free to go change the world. You can do anything you put your mind to. Students, go and do it. Well, Carrie Newhoff, a Christian author, once wrote about the most honest commencement speech ever given. I am honored to be with you today. Most people will use this moment to try to inspire you, but I'm here to inform you kids because the truth is your friend. You're likely wondering what's ahead. Well, let me tell you. To begin with, you are in more debt than you can comfortably live with, and you will live with this debt for the majority of your life. Good luck paying that back. If you aren't in love, you may find love and one day settle down. You may get a career job, but as you sit in the office day after day, slowly suffocating, you will you, you'll live with this angst of never coming close to what you suspect you might have been. You won't fully understand the anxiety, of course, but it will dawn on you that this life you anticipated for so long is one that most days you long to escape from. For some of you, the escape will happen every day at 4 or 5 o'clock when you head home. You will end up binge-watching your favorite show over takeout because you're too tired to cook. Or you will scroll social media until your eyes sting and you fall asleep with the phone still in your hand. Some of you will find your escape in the third glass of bourbon or wine or by taking another trip to the fridge because reality feels a little too heavy to carry. And ironically, some of you will bury your pain with more work. Work is, after all, the most rewarding addiction in this nation. You can be fired for drinking too much, but if you work too much, you will probably get promoted. So you dump yourself in a bed, exhausted most days, only to do it all again tomorrow. Now, don't raise your hand um, if, if you feel like this is your life. But as I was reading this, I was like, hold on, is this me? 
um, I was like, does this not sound like the average American life? We all begin our, our young lives wanting to make the most out of our lives. Many feel this sense of purpose and destiny and long to make a difference either by caring for their family, affecting change in their neighborhood, or making the most money that they can make. But the sad reality is that many people have gotten to a place where they desire to leave behind the very life that they worked so hard for. So I ask again the question, what is a way to live that will guarantee you won't waste your life? And I believe the short answer here is to take a walk with Jesus. This morning as we begin our new series, we're going to look at the outward marks um, but, but, but before we look at the outward marks that a disciple holds, I want us to have a compelling reason to follow Jesus in the first place. And Matthew 4 gives us a snapshot of why we should follow Jesus. And we follow Jesus because following him is the one guarantee that we won't waste our lives. And Matthew 4 gives us three reasons why Jesus is worth walking with. And the first reason to walk with Jesus is Jesus' pursuit the pursuit of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 is a very important chapter in the Bible. It begins with Jesus going into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights without food or water by Satan. And he, and he um, 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 defeats this temptation without sin, and he's led back into, into um the city, and he begins to preach the good news, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. And then we come to verse 18. And verse 18 says, Jesus was, while walking by the sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. In reading scripture, I know many of us have our beginning of the year reading plans to read through the Bible. Hey, y'all, y'all can do it. This is the year where we're going to read the entire Bible, all right? We're going to stay strong. But, but in reading the Bible, I want to give you the pro tip to slow down and pick up on the small details of the narrative. For this narrative says that Jesus was walking by the sea. And the text says that Jesus saw two brothers. Were these the only two men at this specific place and time? No, the Sea of Galilee was the port where all of these fishermen came to bargain, to trade, to work. So it's probably hundreds of people at this port all walking and working, going through their daily lives. But it says Jesus was walking by the sea, but in the midst of everyone, he saw two Brothers, this might seem like only casual information, but I want us to see how this teaches us quickly about God's grace. Before Peter and Andrew ever had the thought of following Jesus, Jesus had the thoughts of them. Before their minds were set on pursuing Jesus, Jesus pursued them. Before Peter and Andrew saw Jesus as the Christ, Jesus saw them, approached them, and gave them the invitation of a lifetime to walk with the Lord of creation. Jesus sees you. This is the gospel message. That you aren't in church today because it's the beginning of the year and you're trying to kick the year off right. You're in church because God saw you and brought you here. 
Kids, you aren't in church because your parents dragged you to church week after week. No, you are in church amongst God's people, worshiping the one true God who can turn your life around and place your feet on solid ground because everything that you are searching for, God is the answer, and God sees you. And he has called you to this place, uh, to this time right now. And he says, follow me. This is a weighty request. This isn't someone saying, hey, you want to go watch the game? I know a good place to go watch the game. Follow me to that place. No, no, no. This is like a man getting on his knee asking, proposing to a woman saying, follow me. Will you make this commitment to to be with me. This is the level of commitment these two words invoke. And Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. This was their livelihood. This was their family business. They owned this boat. And Jesus is saying, leave everything that you have behind and follow me. Leave your profitable business behind. Leave your retirement plan behind. Leave your goals and dreams of this new year behind and follow me. Leave your rental properties behind. Leave everything that you have worked years to build, your kingdom, leave it behind and follow me. Yes, you may lose some earthly treasures, but guess what? You're going to gain something so far greater, eternity. Riches and eternity, follow me. Yes, you may lose some family and friends. They may turn their backs upon you, but guess what? You're going to gain something far better. You're going to gain a new family. Follow me. This is the invitation that Jesus gives. And I can't help but think about the imagery pointing back to Genesis chapter 3. For in the beginning, Adam and Eve had a, had a daily routine of walking with God, the creator of the universe. It says that God will walk in the midst of the garden with them. This is what, this is what we was designed and born to do. But we know the story. They sin and man can no longer walk with God. And now here is Jesus, God in the flesh, extending a new hand saying you can walk with the God of creation. We live in a world where so many people are trying to um, um, say, I don't need religion, just um, um, I, I have spirituality, I, I'm, I'm spiritual. All we got to do is leave these man-made religions and find the God within you. And Jesus is saying, you, why are you trying to do that? I am the God that you're searching for, and I already have my hand out pointing it to you, saying I will walk with you. The search is over. Follow me. Jesus pursues us. And the second reason to follow him is Jesus' promise. Jesus' promise. Again, Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, follow me and I will make you. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and break it down for y'all. My sermon is really from one sentence. I'm going to break down this one sentence. Follow me, pursuit, I will make you. That's the promise. My third point is going to be, though, y'all going to see in a little bit, but... Jesus promised. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. <laughs> I love this right here. Jesus gives us a promise that he and his power will do a work within us that we can't do ourselves. The Greek word for make used here means to manufacture something to completion. 
Paul said that he who began a good work in you will finish it until the day of completion. And Jesus gives the promise that when you follow me, I will make you who you need to be. You might not know this, but Jesus has a vision of who you are to be and the purpose that you are to do. Jesus makes the promise that he will do a work within you by making you more like him. Jesus is the one who first sees us, draws us to himself, and saves us. He also is the one who sanctifies us by transforming us into his likeness. He sees, he saves, and he sanctifies. He makes the promise that he's going to do it. What's our role in this? Our role in this relationship is to follow him by being intentional in our growth, trusting in his will, obeying his commandments, and reading his word to know his character. And the more time we spend around Jesus, the more we will be like him. It's a natural cause and effect. Um, Parents, your children look like you. I don't mean by only their, their physical appearance. I mean that when they come in here, they walk like you, they talk like you, they laugh like you, they look like you because they spend so much time with you. Teenagers, I have some breaking news for you. You may think your parents are lame and you don't want to be nothing like them when you grow up. I have to go ahead and let you know now, the older you get, you're going to start making the same dad jokes. Addy, you're going to start saying busting like your mama, like trying to be cool. The more you spend time with a person, the more you're going to end up like them. It's a natural cause and effect. Um, my my uh, preaching mentor, Jason Cook, when I first um, entered into pastoral ministry, he really um, just took me under his wing, and he intentionally poured into me, shaping, um, shaping my preaching. And one day he was called to ask to come preach. He was busy. He said, I can't do it, but I got a young guy, and he sent me in his place. And I went to this city called Boonesville, Mississippi, where my phone stopped working. I was scared. I called Jay. I said, I'm about to lose signal. I don't know where I am. Pray for me. Something happened. And I went to this church, and I preached, and, the, and, and, you know, I felt good. I was like, man, I preach good. Like, these people saying, you know, they got the word, and I felt good. I was proud of myself, and the uh, pastor came up to me and said, man, you did good. My only feedback is that you don't be Jason Cook 2.0. My only feedback is that you be your own man. You be Sir G when you preach. And I used to think about that all the time. I used to have that that voice in my head, don't be Jason, be you. Don't be nobody else, be you. And that's important for us all. God created us all um, 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 in his likeness, in, in our own selves. But I can't think, I can't help but think about what Paul told the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In 16, he says, be imitators of God. I, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. He first said, I want you to follow Christ, imitate Christ, therefore I want you to imitate me. Verse 17, for this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of the way of life in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, I want you to pursue Christ because you don't know how to pursue Christ. I want you to pursue me as I pursue Christ. Look at me, follow my lead, but since I'm 100 miles away and can't get to you, I'm going to send you Timothy. So as you follow Timothy's lead, it's actually as you're following my lead, and as you follow my lead, it's actually as if you're following Christ's lead. 
This is the importance of the church. When people say, I don't need church, I can learn, I have my own walk with God, your answer should be, that's not true. You don't know how to follow Christ on your own. We all need um, other brothers and sisters, older brothers and sisters, to help train us, teach us what it really means to follow Christ in whatever season of life that we're in. That's why we have to be committed to each other to help build each other up so we all can help each other follow Christ. Jesus does the work in us. He pursues us. And last but not least, we, f- we follow Jesus because Jesus gives us a purpose, a new purpose. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I said earlier that Jesus has a vision of who you are to be and what you are to do. And Jesus gives us the purpose that we are to do. We are to be fishers of men. Pastor Leon Morris says like this, we aren't to take fish from a lake, but we draw men and women up out of the abyss of sin and death, catching them in the great net of God. This is our new purpose. This is the purpose that if you live, we're guaranteed that you won't waste your life. Think about all of your personal goals for a second. Um, How many of your personal goals only impact you or your kids, but it's still impacting you? Naturally, we set goals for ourselves that impact us, and usually these goals are short-sighted and temporary. They're only lasting for a short time, giving a quick fix, and then it's on to a new goal. But Jesus says, my vision for you is so much bigger than your 9 to 5. My vision for you is so much bigger than your 2024 dream board. My vision for you is so much bigger than you reaching the stars and the moon and achieving everything you set your mind to. My vision for you is to give you a purpose that you won't be disappointed in. It's to make you fishers of men and women for you to walk with me and to live your life in such a way that other people are drawn to the goodness of God and find life and faith for themselves. Um, I've been in ministry probably coming on close to 10 years now, and sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I have these moments of like, man, am I really called to this? Am I really cut out for this? And I have about two or three stories that when I think about, they, they keep me going. They give me the boost. And one of the, the stories is my first year in ministry, after I graduated from Arkansas State, I returned to Arkansas State to be a college minister. And I um, used to do, um, I used to minister to all of the athletic teams. And one of the things I did, I had a weekly Wednesday night Bible study in this one guy's um, apartment where all of the athletes would come. And every Wednesday, we had this, this all-athlete Bible study. The year ended. I proposed to, to Jay. She said, I ain't moving to Jonesboro. I said, okay, I'll move to Memphis. I moved to Memphis. And I was doing ministry in Memphis, and then I went back to Arkansas State for a football game. So before the football game, I walked in the locker room to say, what's up? You know, shake hands. You know, like, go get them, guys. And, and as I was saying, what's up to all of my old teammates and my old friends, this guy who I never seen a day in my life ran up to me with so much excitement. He said, Sir G, I thought I would never get the chance to see you again. And I remember thinking, bro, I do not know you, bro. Like, what you mean again? I haven't seen you the first time. And he said... And he said, Sergi, you used to come to my apartment every week 
I was TJ's roommate. You came to my apartment every week, and every time you came, I always went and hid in my room. That's why you never saw me. You never met me a day in your life. He said, what you don't know is I was depressed. I was suicidal. I wanted to give up on life. But every time you came, I would turn my TV off and sit in my room and listen to you talk. And he said, recently, I've given my life to Christ. He said, my life has turned around. I have purpose. I'm so full of joy. And as he was talking, I just was standing there like, what? Like, this is unbelievable. And even now, as I think about leaving a lasting impact, something worth giving your life to, it's moments like this that I think about that I have a small, I played a small role in somebody else finding the most important person in, in all of the universe. That everything we see in this world is going to pass away, but I played a small role in seeing a friend who I'm going to meet again one day in heaven. And our real life is going to begin at that point. This is the reason why we walk with Jesus. Because Jesus gives us a purpose that guarantees we won't waste our life. And as I prepare to sit down, verse 22, verse, verse 20 says that when Jesus called these men, it says, immediately Peter and Andrew dropped their nets and followed him. Immediately, they said, we're giving up everything. Immediately, they sung the, the song we sang earlier, I surrender all to you and I will follow you for the rest of my life that's what they did. And I believe this is the proper response to the invitation that Jesus gives us all. Um, when we get evites in this world, an evite is an invitation through email. And when I open the evite, it usually gives us three options. Yes, I'm going to be there. No, I won't be there. Or three, maybe I'm still trying to see who else is going to be there before I say I'm going to be there. Right, But I have to break the news to us that when Jesus extends his hand to us, there's only two options. Yes, I will, or no, I won't. And I believe that some of us are in different places this morning. Some of us may be in a place where we need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time and say, I will trust you with everything. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but I'm committed to walking with you. Or maybe you're a person who have been walking with God for quite some time, but now you have been distracted from just the busyness of life. And you too need to make a new commitment to intentionally set your eyes on Jesus and walk with him daily and grow to be more like him. So let's take a walk with Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the invitation that you give us all to know you, <laughs> to be known by you, to never be left alone, to have someone that we, when we, when, when we are in the pits of distress, despair, you not only can draw us out, but Lord, you can sit there with us to give us just what we need in the moment. Lord, I thank you. And I pray more than that, Lord, that you do a work in our hearts that we at Downtown Church, that we be a people who are committed to walking with you 
being who you have called us to be and doing what you want us to do. Lord, remove the idols from my heart. Remove the distractions. Remove the, um, 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 the things that just come in our way that keep us from seeing you for who you really are. Help us, God, and we ask this and pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen, amen. Stretch your hands to receive God's words, blessing spoken of you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Be blessed, downtown church. Amen.